going to talk a little bit this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles 29. And then uh, a little bit later, we're going to go to Luke chapter 9. But what we're talking about, we've been talking about giving. And we've not just been talking about giving in terms of finances, but giving, uh, living a life of giving, just being a giver. God was a giver, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You remember when, uh, you know, Jesus, they were trying to kill Jesus before his time. And, you know, it was, it was kind of like where he was, you know, he, he told Pilate, he, you, it's, it's not you. <laughs> if I wouldn't have given myself, you would have never been able to crucify me. And so he gave, he gave, and he wants us to be givers. And I am really imploring you to, to really get the revelation of this message. I want you to understand something, please, very clearly, and that is that I am not trying to drum up business for the church, whether it's this church or another church. I am not concerned about provision. God provides uh, my father and your father owns cattle on a thousand hills and he created money, he created jobs, he created everything. <laughs> so he has provision and he always takes care of us. It's not that I'm worried about provision. I'm not worried about that. But here's the thing. When you become a giver, when, you, when your life is that of a giver, it takes selfishness out of it. You know, for most of us, selfishness is on the throne a good part of the time. And so when you become a giver, that takes selfishness right out of it, and now God can use you, God can bless you, right, because he knows that you're a giver. If you remember Solomon, we talked about this uh, either last week or a couple of weeks ago, where God said to him, ask whatever it is that you want, and I'll give it to you, whatever it is. And Solomon asked for wisdom. But remember, if you read a couple verses before that, Solomon sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings when he was required to sacrifice one he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings before that God knew his heart and knew that he was a giver that's why God could bless him tremendously he made Solomon the richest man in the world not just because he kind of liked Solomon and thought you know hey you know I'll make Solomon rich and uh, you know he'll be happy no because he was a giver Solomon was a giver, and God wants us to be a giver. He wants us to be a giver in our relationships. He wants us to be a giver uh, of our knowledge and wisdom. He wants us to be a giver of our time. And yes, he wants us to be a giver of our money. I want you to understand that this helps you and I, uh, more so than it helps the church. Now listen, I, I, I am a firm believer that if you'll build God's house, God will build your house. Amen. If you'll build his house, he will absolutely build your house and he'll build it on a firm and solid foundation. And so no matter who comes and huffs and pluffs and tries to blow you down, it won't work because you're on a good foundation. Instead of you trying to build it yourself, God will absolutely do that. But also uh, what this does is, is this says that uh, when, you, when you're not a giver, what you're saying is, God, you can have every part of my life except this part except this. I can control this. I don't need you, God, to do this. That's what we're saying when we're not a giver. And so it helps us. And uh, I, I'm not praying that you would give a certain amount in the offering or that you would give a certain amount of your time to this person or that person. All I'm praying for you is that you would catch the revelation that God wants us to live to give. Uh, and it, it, See, the amount and all of that kind of stuff does not matter. 
It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or if you make $10 a week. God wants you to give. He just wants you to be a giver, and he will bless you. And, I'm, I, and I know I'm really, I beseech you, therefore, brother. And I'm trying to get this across to you because it's a heart issue. I mean, yeah, this is an infomercial. Give now. Uh, be, become a giver. You know, God wants you to do this. He wants your heart. He wants, your, he wants to change your heart uh, that you would be more like him. You are, see, we look at in Christ and say, I want to be like him. I want to be able to walk down the street and heal people. Or I want to, I want to be on top. I want to be blessed and highly favored. Uh, I want provision to always be there. You know, we want, we want all of those things. But what we have to realize, if you want to be like God, then you have to be like him in every way. And that is that he was always a giver. For there's no greater love than a man can give uh, than to lay down his life, his life. For a friend. And so God wants us to be a giver. So we're in this series, Live to Give. And this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about over and above. Over and above. Now, before we get into that, I, I want to reiterate what I'm telling you is this is not about the amount. This is not about an amount of time. This is not about the amount of money. But I really want you to catch it, focus on just over and above. And when we get to the end of the message, you'll see a little bit about what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm hoping that it convicts some of us quite frankly, in some areas of our life. Uh, over and above is what we're talking about. You know, David said, you know, I, I will give willingly. I will give willingly. And so that's where we want to be. So 1 Chronicles chapter 29, look at verse 1. The Bible says this. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says this. Furthermore, King David said to all the congregation, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great because the temple is not for man but for the Lord God. Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above, there's the phrase, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Now, I'm going to keep going here at verse 4, but I want you to know... <laughs> That, you know, I, I did some studying on this and I, I kind of looked this up. And in the end, uh, if, you, if you really look it up, one talent of silver, talent is a, is a measure, so it's a weight. One talent of silver today is about $16,500. It equates to about $16,500. So 7,000 talents would be about $115 million. Then he said, I'm given a talent of gold. 33 kilograms or 75 pounds, okay, is one talent. That's about 1.45 million. And so what we're talking about here total, he gave 3,000 talents of gold. We're talking about $4.5 billion with a B, $4.5 billion. Now, some of you might say, well, that's a big, I can't give that. I didn't say for you to give that. <laughs> David was rich. All right, but he gave over and above. It's not a, remember, it's not about the amount, but it's about David said, I, I will give over and above. I will give over and above all that I already planned to give. 
Time, money, come on, all of it. I'll give knowledge over and above. Verse 4. 3,000 talents of gold, this is where we see that, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, the gold for things of gold and silver for things of silver, and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. And then look at what he says right here. This is what he said. First, David, see, this is a leader to me, because David, he does it first, and he proclaims, this is what I'm giving over and above. Not to brag. But he's just, he's proclaiming and he's leading. And then he says this in verse 5. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the Lord. For the house of God, 5,000 talents and 10,000 uh, derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered, they rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Do me a favor, drop down to verse 14. Uh, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. Go down to verse 17. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. Fix their heart toward you. He said, who am I and who are my people that we would be able to offer so willingly. Do you understand how this goes against everything that the world teaches us, that our society teaches us, that our economy is... Ba it goes against all of those things. He's saying, who am I that I'm able to give you back what you already gave to me? See, I, I really believe that uh, a, a lot of uh, the issue in our hearts... Uh, including me, is that we, we really, we say it with our mouth, but we really need the revelation that everything comes from God. We need the revelation that it's his. <laughs> and I'll talk a little bit more about that in just, just a moment here. We need to really get the revelation that it's his. And so he said, I give back to God what's already yours. Here's a couple reasons real quick that we need to be givers, I really believe, amongst many reasons, besides the fact that it takes selfishness out of our heart. Uh, but we need to be givers because the work of God needs to go forward. And then also we need a change in our heart. We need a work in our own lives. This is how God works in our, God, work on me. Set up a construction site in my heart. Help me, Lord. And God says, yes, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make you be a giver. Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be that much, but, you know, you can help me with my attitude, Lord. Uh, he says, this is how I'm going to help you with your attitude, is I'm going to make you a giver. <laughs> 
I'm going to make you a giver. That's what changes our heart. We hold on to our time, we hold on to our knowledge, and we hold on to our money so tight sometimes that it becomes a stumbling block. And Hebrews says, uh, you know, we, we need to get rid of everything that so easily besets us. And you need to realize that your money, your knowledge, and your time can be one of those things that so easily besets you. It trips you up. It trips you up, and God wants to take that out. And the, the, the funny part to me is, I guess it's not funny, but the great part to me about it is that when you're able to sacrifice, when you're able to become a giver, when you're able to say, I surrender all, all includes time and money. When you say, I surrender all, that's when God blesses you more than you have room enough to receive. Isn't that interesting about God? If you want to hold on to something so tight, he'll say, good, just hold on to that. See how far that takes you. But if you're willing to give to God, he's going to say, listen, I want to bless you because you're a blesser. You are a giver. I was listening to a guy talk about, uh, uh, you know, becoming a giver and uh, how his dad was a giver. And uh, he was in his quiet time with the Lord one time. And, uh, you know, you know, we have conversations with the Lord sometimes, and especially when we're in our quiet time. If we were here praying together corporately, like we prayed a few moments ago, you know, we use the words, oh, Lord God, ancient of days, magnificent God, look down from your throne. But when you're in your quiet time, you can just talk to God. Come on, we don't need to use all those big words. We don't ever need to, but, you know. And so he was in his quiet time, and he was talking with the Lord, and uh, God had really dealt with his heart on this giving issue, and he had become a giver, and he had seen it. He gave away a car one time, and God blessed him back. Uh, he gave away whatever it is, money, uh, time, you know, all of that. And, God, and he, he was really beginning to see this. He caught the revelation. And uh, one time he went on a missions trip, and uh, the missionary needed a van, and he had just been blessed. He had, he had got $10,000 from somewhere. And uh, so, you know, you get 10, 10 grand, you're like, woo, come on. I mean, I could pay off a few bills right after we come back from vacation. And, uh, you know, you're thinking, I can do a lot of things, you know. And uh, so he had that 10 grand, and he was thinking about it, uh, what he's going to do with it. But in the meantime, went on a mission trip. The missionary needed a van, and uh, he was in this old rickety van, and he said, why don't you just get a new van? And the missionary said, I am going to get a new van. God told me we were getting a van. I saw the van already, and it cost $10,000. And so he said, let's go. Let's go get the van. And so he had this revelation that, that God, you know, God would bless him if he would just give. So one time in his quiet time, he was just talking to the Lord. He said, you know what? Uh, I, I got you this time, Lord. And, then, you know, he just heard God say, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I got you. You know, you know that whole thing about how you can't outgive God, you know? He said, well, you know, you know, I got you this time. I, I, think I, I think I got you. God said, okay. Right then, he got a phone call from a friend. Now, this is a big time. This, this guy is a big time pastor of a mega church now. And uh, he got a phone call from a friend, and his, and his friend said, listen, I came into a lot of money, a lot of money, and God told me uh, to buy you. He said, what, a van? God told you to buy me a van. Uh, he said, no, he told me to buy you an airplane. An airplane? <laughs> yes. And not only that, he told me to pay a year's salary for two pilots. So all you got to do is call them up whenever you want to go because you've been going on a lot of missions trip. You were in, he was an evangelist before he became a pastor, and uh, he traveled all the time. 
And so he said, uh, so God told me to do this, so I bought you a plane and hired two pilots for a year, and you don't have to worry about the gas or anything for one whole year. And he said, man, what a blessing. And then he heard God say, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you can't outgive God. It is impossible to outgive God. <laughs> it's impossible to do it. You know, and you may say, well, listen, uh, I just want God to bless me, you know, that way. And, uh, you know, God would say, well, listen, are you a giver? Are you a tither? I mean, do you give to the house of the Lord? And I know there's been a lot of stuff against tithing. Uh, you know, I've heard that. And listen, I, you know, I have, a, uh, I have a really good friend who kind of mentored me years ago when I first became a Christian, 17, and he mentored me. And I read all this stuff, and I read about tithing, and I read Malachi. Uh, you know, God will open up the windows of heaven if you prove me and test me in this. So I was giving 10%, man. I was religious about giving the 10%. And I was talking to one of my friends. This, he was actually a mentor, um, and, and actually he was my boss as well uh, at this company. And I said, listen, Al, you, give, uh, you go to church, you give, you give 10%. And he said, well, no, I don't. I don't give 10%. I said, oh, no, you know. I said, Al, the Bible says, I read it 10%. You're supposed to give 10%. That's what the Bible says. I know a lot of people say it's Old Testament, but it's New Testament too, and you're supposed to give 10%. And he said, well, okay. If it means that much to you, I'll give 10%. He said, I was giving 20%, but if you want me to give 10 <laughs> I was just fired up about it, you know. I was fired up. And so... We need to get this revelation that over and above, over and above. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. But go to Luke chapter 9. Go to Luke chapter 9. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. I believe I've even talked about this a little bit before. Um, but I thought this is just an interesting. This is a, there's a revelation here, really, that you know, I got out of this uh, that's just tremendous. How many know you can read the Word of God Ten times, same story, right? You know, the, you know the, how it goes. And the 11th time, you'll get some new revelation. It's like, I, I didn't even see that in there. Great revelation in here. Uh, verse 12 of Luke chapter 9 says, When the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and countries and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said, watch this now, he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men, that's men, so there could have been 15,000, 20,000 people easily there. There were 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and, he made, and made them all sit down. Uh, verse 16, then he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. That's interesting there in verse 17. Uh, how, many, how many baskets did they take up? How many disciples were there? They all got a doggy bag at the end of it, you know, over and above, always, always more. You, you, I, you know, sometimes to really uh, get a revelation of a passage of Scripture, you have to put yourself in that story. You ever done that? Either reading a book or, you know, you put yourself in there and you get caught up in it. 
That's why sometimes I like listening to audio books uh, on CD or, you know, on my phone sometimes because when I listen to them, sometimes I just put myself in the story. And so just imagine if you're in this particular story. I know it doesn't give us much detail, but give me a little bit of liberty here because I, I've thought about this. If, in case you are wondering, you know, I kind of thought about this uh, from time to time and, you know, kind of went off into fantasy land sometimes. And, and uh, if you imagine yourself in the story, imagine... You're one of the 12 disciples, and uh, you're believing that this is the Messiah. You think this is the Messiah, and I mean, he's doing really well. The Sermon on the Mount, that was a great success, and I mean, the tape's going everywhere, you know, people are knowing all about it and all that, and uh, so you're here uh, with him, and he's preaching, and he's doing a good job preaching, and then it gets to be about 12 o'clock, and uh, he doesn't end. And everybody knows you end by 12 at least, you know, because of football and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you got to eat. And so uh, they, he didn't end. So it got to be about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and he, he didn't end. And, uh, you know, the disciples, you know, just imagine, they might have said to each other, now, you know, he is good. I mean, Rabbi, he is good. But I tell you what, I am hungry. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you what, I'm about to starve. I'm hungry. You know, he, hadn't even, he just kept on going. And it's a lot of good stuff, but I'm, I mean, I can't pay attention because I'm hungry. So they got together and said, okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. Tell you what we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll go tell him that the people are hungry. Tell him that the people are hungry because he cares about people. He cares about people, and we'll just tell him. So you get elected to go tell him that the people are hungry. So you say, okay, I got to go tell him. So you go up to him, and you, excuse me, excuse me, Rabbi, excuse me. Just pardon me real quick. I just wanted to say something. Yeah. Boy, this is a good message today. Woo, you are. This is a good message. This is a good message. But we just wanted to tell you that we think the people are getting a little hungry, so we think you should dismiss the service. Now, us, we could go all day. We could go all day. This is a good message. But the people are hungry, so we just think you should dismiss the message. So he says, the people, huh? You're concerned about the people? Yeah, I'm concerned. We're concerned about the people. Okay, okay. So then he says... Well, you give them something to eat. So you say, well, we don't. So now you got to go back to the other disciples, to the committee, to the elders. Well, is he going to dismiss the service? Well, uh, uh, no. Did you tell him? I, I, told, I told him. I told him the people were hungry. Well, what did he say? He said, you give him something to eat. What? He said, you give him something to eat. You give him something to eat. We don't have anything to eat. What are, what are we going to give them to eat? And about that time, they see some little boy. He snuck into town to KFC or someplace, Long John Silver's, and he had a two-piece with a couple extra biscuits. And so they said, okay, this boy's got a two-piece with a couple extra biscuits, uh, but that's all we got. Say, I, I got it. I got it. Just go tell them that we tried. Tell them we did our best, but all we have are these two fish and these five biscuits. Go tell them that. I said, okay. So you say, okay, I got to go tell him. Excuse me. Excuse me, Rabbi. Excuse me. I just uh, wanted to let you know. Uh, we really tried. We really tried. Uh, but all we have are these two fish and five uh, loaves of bread. That's all we have. And that's all we can, you know, that's all we can do. So uh, go ahead and dismiss the service. Uh, so he said, uh, have them sit down in groups of 50. So you're not going to dismiss the service. No, no. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Have them sit down in groups of 50. So you go back to the other guys. You got to tell them. Well, is he going to dismiss the service? Uh, no. No? What, what are you talking about? No. What, what did you tell him? I told him. I told him that's all we had. And uh, so what's he going to do? He's, he told him, sit down and sit. Do what? Sit. 
he said to have everybody sit down in groups of 50. Groups of 50, what does that mean? Oh, we are going to be the laughing stock. Wait till the first church of the Pharisees hears about this. I mean, this is crazy. We're going all day long. We're hungry. They're hungry. And so I don't know if you've ever worked with people, by the way. But if you have and you try to get 5,000 people, 20,000 people to sit down in groups of 50, you know, people don't always do what you ask them to do without asking a bunch of questions and wondering what's going on. And you got some uh, big hairy guy over here talking about I'm hungry and why are we sitting down and all this kind of stuff. So they, they have to go through all of that. And finally, uh, they, they say, all right. So he says, bring the two, the two fish and the, and the loaves to me. So they bring it to Jesus. They take it to him. So. I want you to notice something about this part of the story here because they take it to him, Jesus, and, and then, by the way, I wonder if they didn't get to remember what had happened before. I mean, there was a time when Elijah, some things multiplied, remember, Elisha and the oil, and they, maybe they thought, oh, you know what? Okay, okay, I see what's going on here because I remember we were at that, well, you remember we were at that wedding? And then uh, we didn't think they had any wine. And they, yeah, I, I think I see what's going on here. He's going to pray for it. And then there's just going to be all this fish and all this bread all over the place. That's what's going to happen. That's, that might be the revelation they got. But I want to tell you, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. We're going to see what happened. So they said, okay, that's what's going to happen. So they took it to Jesus. And he, uh, in fact, he, he prays for it, blesses it, and breaks it. And then what, what the Bible says is it, he, he blessed it and he, break, he broke the bread and then he, he, it says he gave it, he gave it back to them. He gave the same thing. It says 16, then he took the loaves of bread and the two fish looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them back to the disciples to set before the people. It hadn't multiplied. In fact, he gave them smaller pieces back than what they gave him. So now I can just see Peter. We always pick on Peter going, what in the world? He said, you done praying? Yeah, yeah, now go give it to him. Okay. You going to pray some more? <laughs> no, go give it to him. So he's, so he's going down the row, giving them, and I can just see him. All right, take a little piece. Take a little piece. Take a little piece. Take a little piece. Take a, take a little piece. What are you doing? Just a little piece. You know, and he's going down the row. And uh, as he goes down and he gives out everything and he gets to the end where he thought it should be gone because he counted it, the same amount still in there. And as he goes to the second row, he continues to give out the same amount still in there. And so what we understand here, the, the interesting thing to me about this whole story is when, he, when they took it to Jesus and Jesus blessed the food, it did not multiply then. When did it multiply? It didn't multiply until they gave it away. It didn't multiply in the hands of the master. It multiplied in your hands. It multiplied in the hands of the disciples, but only when they gave it away. And so the first thing we, we need to know here, you've got to give the first. It's this principle. You've got to give the first to God. People, I, I hear people sometimes say, well, you know, I've tried this thing about tithing or even giving or whatever it is, and uh, it just doesn't work for me. And so I say, so you, you tithe? Yeah, I tithe. Well, you know, uh, do you give the first to God? Well, I just, I kind of break it up. I give a little bit to the church. I give a little bit to a charity. And, the, and I say, no, no, you, you're not catching the revelation. You think I'm saying it's bad to give to a charity. I'm not. But what I'm telling you is a charity does not have the power to bless your finances 
Give the first to God and you'll have more than enough to bless every charity in the world. As long as God has it first. That's what we have to understand. And some of us just don't get that revelation that God has to have it first. We need to give the first to God. It's the principle of the first. Hebrews 7, 8, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. God gets tithes and blesses it. It goes back to I'd rather have 90% of something that's blessed by the master that multiplies in my hands than 100% of something that's cursed. I got a hole in my pocket. Come on, somebody. And it just seems like I can't keep money. I don't know. I, I said I'm not going to put anything on my credit card, but all of a sudden now there's money. On, well, I don't even know what I got or where I went. I have money in the savings, and I thought it was going to be there, but I, I don't even know what I spent the money on. I'd rather have 90% of something that's blessed the other way. Where I'm given, I, I just don't know how. I thought I'd run out of money this month, but it just seems like there's more there. I don't know why. I'd rather be that, come on somebody, than be cursed. You remember the parable of the talents? I won't go there now, but it's in Matthew 25 in case you ever want to read it later. This is an, and I got this revelation too. It's an interesting concept, and it really convicted me. Uh, we know this, and we've heard it, we've read it, we've, we've preached it, and we've heard it preached about. But that, the parable of the talents, remember, he gave the one guy what, five talents, the one guy three talents, the one guy one. The guy with the five talents, when the master came back, he essentially said, here is what you gave me, and here's five more. And he said what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Now catch this. Catch it now because this is what we're talking about today. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The one that had the one talent buried it. When he came back, he said, this is what was yours. He gave him back what was his. And he said, you wicked person. See, we call maintaining faithfulness where God calls over and above faithfulness. He calls maintaining just maintaining. In fact, he called him wicked for simply maintaining. I, this, is a, this is a, listen, giving back to God what's already his, that's maintaining. But you're going over and above. That's what we're talking about with the discipleship class. This is over and above. I mean, listen, I don't have time. I've got so much stuff going on in my own life. I mean, you know, trying to do school, kids are in school, working, I got this thing and that meeting, and I mean, I just, I just don't have time. When will you ever have time? It's like that thing we said last week, I, it, it cracks me up, I'll say it again, it cracks me up when young couples, because we did the same thing, uh, who, who get married and they say, you know what, we're going to wait till we're financially set before we start having kids. <laughs> And you just go, yeah, well, we'll see about that <laughs> when you're finding You're going to wait until such a time when you're, everything's in perfect order before you start having children. I don't know if that time that, that you consider everything's in perfect order will come. There's never a good time. Never a good time for interruptions. Come on. I mean, was it a good time for God to come down and give his life? Was it a great time for him to go to the cross? How much more would you think Jesus might have wanted to say and teach? I mean, three years was his ministry. We're talking about the almighty God. We're talking about the one who created the universe. You don't think he has something to say if he's in the form of a man? You don't think he has more to teach? But it was time. It was that time. 
And so God is asking us to do the same. When you are a giver, when your life is a giver, that's just who you are. Because God is first. God is first. He calls increase faithfulness. Increase faithfulness. God wants us to go beyond tithing. By the way, you know, I, I really believe this is, you know, it's, it's my revelation from that passage, is that tithing is not giving. I mean, I wasn't even going to go there this morning. I, I didn't put in notes or anything, but it's just, I just feel convicted to say tithing is not giving. Tithing is, is, is returning. Let me give you an example. So say, you know, um, Brother Jeff is going out of town, and uh, say he has, you know, a big Escalade SUV. And uh, so he's going out of town, and we're good friends, and so my car I have to put in the shop. So I say, Brother Jeff, I know you're going out of town for a couple of weeks, and I wanted to know if it'd be all right if I just borrowed your car for a couple of weeks. And uh, he said, well, sure, I, I'm not going to be needing it for a couple of weeks, so you can go ahead and borrow it. So he lets me borrow it. Now, at the end of that two weeks, he comes back in town, and now my car is fixed, and it's out of the shop. I go to Jeff, and I say, you know what, Jeff, yeah, Dietrich and I have been praying about this, and we've really been in consecrated prayer and everything, and we feel like we just want to give you this SUV. We want No strings attached. We just want to give it to you. What do you think he's going to say? It's already mine. <laughs> I would think you would. <laughs> you're not giving it to me. You're returning it to me. You understand? This is what tithing is. And we think we do such a great thing. And I'm, I'm not putting it down. Please, I, really, it's just, this is just a word to convict our heart and to let us know to be in the will of God. Because, look, God, God, God desires. When people say God wants to bless you, a lot of times you hear that and it sounds like a cliche. But I'm telling you that God's heart's desire is for you to be blessed, for you to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come, and blessed when you go. Why? Because you are his child, and you represent him. Why would he not want you to be blessed? And so when you think about it that way, now you can get the revelation. I, yeah, God, I thought I was, you know, doing something real big and bad by giving you back what was already yours. God said, if you go over and above, I'll go over and above with you. I know I use this example of money because it's just the easiest example. It's one of the things that we hold on to the tightest. But you, you understand it goes with every area of our life. God wants us to be givers. He wants us to live to give. Someone needs your time. And I know you don't have time. I realize that. But listen, you were in a situation uh, one time, you may not even realize it, that you needed someone, and they didn't have time. They may not have even told you that. They just did it. They made time. You didn't even know, but they really had something else very pressing, and they gave you time. Come on. And so we have to have that heart that God will be first. Give the first to God and understand that if you give over and above, he will give over and above to you. Amen.